Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer, and today we have a little bit of a departure as our guest is the musician Michael Franti. Now, why is an international music star on our political podcast? For one, Franti and his band Spearhead have been making socially conscious music for three decades, and I've been a fan of his for that long. And it's great music. A little hip-hop, a little reggae. More important, I think he might be helpful in this moment when many of us are struggling, are afraid, or freaked out, to hear the voice of someone like Michael, who is so positive and uplifting. I was struggling with some stuff myself last fall, and saw Franti in concert here in Oakland, and helped pull me out of a deep funk. I, back then I started thinking, well, I'd love to get Michael on the podcast, and maybe he could spread his positive vibes even further. Now seems like the perfect moment. Stick with us uh, till the end for an It's All Political First here when Michael busts out the guitar and plays a song for us. Uh, I'm going to warn you up front, this little disclaimer, that remember that old Saturday Night Live bit when Chris Farley plays the suck-up interviewer telling Paul McCartney how great he is doing the interview? That's going to be me here in points. But this one interview was personal for me, and I hope the result is personal for you. And now, after that too long of a wind-up, is my conversation with Michael Franti. Michael Franti, welcome to It's All Political. From your home in Bali to uh, mine in your native hometown of Oakland, welcome to It's All Political. Thanks a lot, Joe. It's it's good to be here today. And, you know, we were over here. We, we own a small um, hotel here, a little boutique hotel in the jungle called Soulshine Bali. And we lead yoga retreats here. And we were leading a, a retreat when the quarantine happened and... Um, Every day I was calling my manager going, hey, you know, we're supposed to tar- start a tour soon. And do you think the tour is happening? And she'd be like, well, just wait. <laughs> we're, we're kind of in a holding pattern. And so uh, our tour that was supposed to start in April got um, postponed. And and uh, and then so we decided just to wait here a little longer. And, and then the um, the airport shut down. So. Technically, oh, we're man. we're stranded here. We're, there's no flights going in and out until at least June first. So, um, but you know, not to feel sorry for us. It's a beautiful place, and we're just you know practicing yoga and training and uh, you know running and doing everything to try to stay as healthy as we can. So that if we did get sick, you know, there, there's no real healthcare system here that that has you know there's no ventilators oh on the island or anything like that so we're just trying to not get sick well, so the um yeah what i was the i wanted to have you on and is that we talked for a couple of minutes beforehand you were the first sort of non-political figure like office holders usually the people running for president senators and congress people but um i've been as i told the listeners in the intro I, i've been a fan for more than 25 years back to your first spearhead album seen you many times here in the bay area and elsewhere in the country and I'm, I'm generally a very upbeat person, but back in October, I was in kind of a bad place emotionally. My wife, Christine, and I had tickets to your show at the Fox Theater here in Oakland. And uh, that night, that was the last place I wanted to be was in a crowded theater. But Christine said, come on, it's Michael. And my wife, Christine, is a, uh, she's a, a bigger fan than I am. She's the person following you around when you're dancing through the crowd in Golden Gate Park. You're, she's the person <laughs> following you. <laughs> uh, so we went with our friends, Dirk and Pam. And the energy there that day just pulled me out of the hole I was in. It was so positive. So thank you for mm-hmm. that. And I said, I can have Michael on. And I was thinking at that time of all the people who were sort of frustrated with the, um, 
state of the political system it could and could use some positivity and now we have the pandemic and that's sort of a long very chris farley-ish way of asking you the king of positivity what are you doing right now to stay positive when so many of us are just are afraid are freaked out and are frustrated angry some of us what what are you doing right now well two things number one is that um positivity is a practice you know, I practice yoga. I've been doing it for 19 years now. And I remember I went to my first yoga class and, and the teacher said, you know, you, uh, have, have you ever practiced before? And I said, no, I'm new here and, and I'm not very good at yoga. I can't bend over and t even touch my toes. And she said, well, that's why you come here is to learn to bend over and touch your toes, you know, and, and, and optimism is the same thing it's like something that you have to practice on a daily basis so that when we do get in these low periods like you were last fall like and like like i go through at least two or three times a week going through into a really dark space that i'm able to get myself out of it because i have methods in place you know and some of those methods for me are um uh talking and sharing what's going on in my life you know the things that are hurting me scaring me worrying me and my wife is my um best ear for those things you know she's that ear of empathy for me and or she'll be the one who's the first to go you're fucking tripping get over it you know <laughs> <laughs> time to move on we, we need you people know? like that uh and 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 but what talking does for me is it, it get, brings me to the second place, which is to have ease of heart. And what I mean by ease of heart is not just that, you know, it's not, you can't always just fuck it, get over it. But what you can have is ease of heart so that whatever emotion you have, be it sadness, anger, you know, joy, elation, whatever it is that you're going through, um, worry, that it's able to pass through you with ease so that you can get beyond that emotion. And when, when we get stuck is when we're just, when we're bottled up and where where the flow, it's, it's like the economy right now. It's like, there's not less money in the world. It's just that the money isn't moving from place to place, from hand to hand. You know? And that's the same thing with emotions. It's like, we have to keep those emotions moving through us. Otherwise our, you know, our emotional economy gets stuck and gets, and, and that's how we drive ourselves into, um, depression and anxiety, which is something that I really battled uh, throughout my adult life. And, and I guess the final thing for me is, is, is physically moving, like just walking, running, going out and shooting baskets by myself, you know, uh, just dancing. We have, we have regular dance parties pretty much every day at our house in the morning. We put on music and we just dance while we're brushing our teeth or, we, you know, we're a 20 month old, we'll put music on at what we're eating lunch or I'll grab my guitar at dinner and play some songs and we all get up and move around. Um, and physical exercise of getting your heart moving is, is probably the quickest way because you, you're actually taking a, a shot of endorphins when you, when you move and when you dance. So um, it's, a good, it's a good practice too. We'll have more of my conversation with Michael Fronte and a song after this short break. And now... Here's more of my conversation with Michael Franti. So the new album is called Work Hard and Be Nice. And that 
sort of evolved out of a, a, a mantra that you had for the band, uh, work hard and be nice to people that, that we should have. Then you put it on a t-shirt and it became the, <laughs> the top selling t-shirt at the merch table there. And, uh, and I noticed a, a lot of the songs in the album, uh, which I commend to many people, it's, it's very uplifting. Um, were the songs I heard at the, so at the Fox that night, uh, last fall, and helped, helped bring me out. Like uh, one song is chord is bad shit happens, but good shit happens yeah. too. And, uh, but when I initially heard you had a new album coming out, I'm thinking, wow, Bronte is dropping an album right in the middle of 2020, the most charged political year since probably back in 2004, right in the middle of the Iraq war. But there's little mention of politics here compared to some of your earlier work. How did, how did that evolve? You know, it's funny, you mentioned, you know, 2004, when the Iraq war started, um, I went to Iraq. I was on my tour bus and I was talking to some friends and they said, we were talking about the political cost of the war, the economic cost of the war. And I said, you know, we were watching the news and I said, you know, no one ever talks about the human cost of the war. No one ever talks about what is it like to be with your family in a city the size of the Bay Area. I mean, Baghdad has, um, uh, is a city of 5 million people. Uh, imagine what it's like to have, uh, to be hearing that there's gonna be a bunker buster bomb which can go through five floors of concrete below the surface of the earth. And you know, you, you've gotta explain that to your kids as they go into sleep. You know, and I was like, how is this happening in a city and we're not hearing about the loss of life. And so my friend goes, we should go there. And so that's what I did. I, I bought a, a plane ticket and I flew from San Francisco to Amman, Jordan. And then I bought a, a ticket on a 16 passenger plane from Amman to Baghdad. And um, it, was, it was pretty funny, you know, normally you get on the plane, they go, you know, put your tray table up and your seat back up and we're gonna take off and and they did all that and then he said and in order to avoid a hit from a sam 7 surface to air shoulder launch missile or small arms fire from the ground we will be doing a spiral descent into baghdad and i was like oh spiral God. descent did i hear that like i know what a spiral is and i know what descent means and that's exactly what you do right when you get above the airport you basically go straight down and and the, the pilot spins the plane because it's a, a, sh a shoulder launch missile, a guided heat seeking missile, it can only make one arc. It can't fly around like in a Bugs Bunny video and chase you, but it can, it can make one arc to do it. So if you make more than one arc, it can never lock onto you. But anyway, when I got on the ground, I met um, Rocky families who invited me into their homes. And one family um, took me to their basement and they showed me where they hid during the, the initial bombings. And this is 11 months after the war started. So the bombings were still actively going on. They took me in there and they said, we put all our kids in, in the middle of the floor and then we put blankets on top of them at night. And I was thinking, why, why would anybody put blankets over their children to protect them from a bomb? Like that doesn't really, you know, it's not gonna stop a bomb. And he said, well, if any bombs go off nearby, all the windows in the building shatter. And so we put blankets over ourselves to protect ourselves from flying, flying glass. And I was just like, wow, like I have three sons, you know, and how would I go through this experience? How would I do this, you know? And, and it really hit me. And so 
when they invited me back up to the living room, I sang them this song called Bomb the World and the lyrics, very political song. The lyrics say, we can bomb the world to pieces, but we can't bomb it into peace. can't bomb it into peace. I love it. And, I was, and so I explained, I, we had a translator and we explained the lyrics to them. And I thought this family would be like super moved, like thank you for identifying with our struggle. But I was stunned when his face just soured and he was like, he said to me in a very um, harsh tone, he said, how dare you? come into my house and sing a song about um, peace when your country is actually bombing me. And I was floored. And he said, you know, what we would like to hear is songs that make us laugh, dance, cry, sing, move, and somehow move our hearts right now because we are stuck in our home and we can't do anything else but be right here. And we just, we need some relief. And so, you know, it didn't occur to me up until that time because through all of the decades before, I'd been writing lots of, lots of political music that, that directly took on issues. And I think it's important to do that from, from time to time. But I also feel like it's important to express the full rainbow of human emotion in music because what music um, helps us do is helps us to unlock those feelings um, that, are, that are so often bottled up, like what we were talking about before. And, and that really our goal in politics is not to get candidates elected. Our goal in life is to get candidates elected who can then improve the quality of lives for people so that people can be happier. Like that's really our goal is to find is to achieve happiness for as many people as possible. And so um, there is a time I feel to, to, to write songs that address things. And um, on this album, there's a song, uh, you know, um, Is It Worth a Penny to You, which does like directly talk about things. But I also chose on this record to make uh, to the title Work Hard and Be Nice, because I saw in our country that the political dialogue has changed so much since, you, you know, since really since Trump was um, uh, run, started running for office. It stopped being a thing. Like when I was a kid growing up, I grew up, I was born in Oakland, but I grew up in Davis, California, and it's a small university town. And a, a Republican in our town was like a businessman who was member of like the Shriners and you drove a little car around one day a year in a parade, you know, and, and there were, there were small businessmen and they were fiscally conservative, but they weren't mean. And if they were racist, they generally kept it to themselves. And, um, and I'm not s s saying that Republicans are the only ones who are racist because all of us have that prejudices within us and find ways to, 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 um, exact that, that hate on certain situations and on certain people from time to time in our life. But the point is that they weren't mean. They were just, they were just fiscally conservative people who wanted to see their small businesses ha have as many advantages as they, as they possibly could. Um, but ever since the era of Trump, it's like his giving voice to this kind of hatred has allowed people who maybe had those kind of feelings to now bring them out into into the open and um and that's 
not good. And, and that's why I feel like this, the title of the record became so important to me. It's because this year we were going out on tour with, with a, a country artist, Kenny Chesney. And Kenny's somebody who, not, not political at all in his music, but he is about having people um, celebrate life and celebrate being together and celebrate connection. And it hurts him as much as it hurts me to see our country have so much division. And, and like, I don't, I don't care who people vote for necessarily. Uh, or I, I, I mean, ultimately I'm concerned with the state of our country and, and I, I hope that Trump doesn't get reelected. But every person has their right to choose whoever they want to vote for. But I don't think it's, it's every person's right to just sit behind their keyboard and be an a-hole to every single person that they come across. It's like, I feel like that that's morally wrong. Whether you have the right to do that is, is not, is, is, is not really the question to me. To me is it whether it's morally right to do that. And I feel like it's morally wrong to just be mean to people for the sake of being mean. I think you, you, you over the years, people have asked you to endorse candidates and such. And I, I, I found a, a tweet you had a couple of years ago when someone asked you about Bernie Sanders and you said, I don't endorse candidates. I endorse ideas. Um, what, political ideas are moving you right now? What, what is capturing your imagination, your heart, your head? I feel, well, here's, here's one that maybe isn't even being talked about. I feel like we should create a health force in America. You know, we often argue about whether we should create a national healthcare system or not, and how that would be funded or not funded. And we get into these big arguments about Meanwhile, we're spending 51 cents of every discretionary dollar on the military. Meaning, and discretionary dollar meaning every, every dollar that the Congress votes on every year to approve. There's also federal spending that, is, that goes towards the military and other things that, that is non-discretionary spending every year. But 51 cents of every discretionary dollar, that means 51 cents of, you know, of our taxes goes to the military. And I'm like, meanwhile, we've got schools that aren't functioning. We have millions of people who don't have health healthcare. Um, we have so many issues. And I, I'm thinking just on a strictly selfish basis, I'm like, I want something from my fucking taxes. I don't want, I don't want it to just go to, to the military to, to bomb other things. But if it is going to go there and if that's not going to change, let's create a health force that is, could be the fifth wing of the military, fifth branch or, or, uh, of the military, that is dedicated to taking care of, this, uh, of fighting this pandemic that's out there, that's fighting um, against uh, the, the obesity crisis that we have, that's fighting against the, the crisis of um, people dying of cancer, of, 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 that's fighting against um, environmental issues that are taking lives in, in our community or making people unhealthy and take people who would normally go into the military and give them a rifle and teach them how to take care of people and and fight pandemics so that when this next one comes around which believe me there i my personal belief is there will be another pandemic and the oh, way yeah. viruses yeah, evolve it could be a faster and more lethal virus than 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 COVID nineteen, we've got to be prepared for it. So, I'd rather see my money going towards 
that than I would be to, you know, so many of the other, you know, bombing villages in Afghanistan or whatever else we're doing right now. I, I wanted to uh, want to save a couple of minutes because I want wanted to see if you have time to do a quick song, but I want to ask you about um, uh, a, a friend of yours who just passed, and and that's uh, the other day I saw your documentary Stay Human, and again. The uh, Stay Human is a film that it's tonic for our times right now. It's um, in it for for those who haven't seen it. It's, it's you profile four people from around the world who you've, who you've met on your travels, and one of them is this man named uh, Steve December and his wife Hope. And Steve had uh, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. You could barely communicate uh, when you met him, and he passed last month. I know you're very close to them, and you said he inspired you and changed your life. Uh, how? How was that? And, and again, I'm, I'm sorry about the passing of your friend, uh, but how did he change your life? Well, Steve was someone who was a big fan of my music. And when he got ALS, his wife contacted me as he was, as for those of you who don't know exactly what ALS does, but one, one day you wake up and it's a, it's a motor degenerative disease. So one day you wake up and your finger doesn't work, your hand doesn't work, your arm eventually you die from paralysis. And um, so she said, you know, Steve is getting very, very uh, ill and he doesn't have a long time to live and he would love to come see one of your concerts. So we invited them to come see a festival in Florida and Steve um, arrived and was in a wheelchair and he could only move his lips and his eyes and his wife had to operate as she was walking beside him, she had to operate the electric wheelchair. And so we invited them out onto the side of the stage and I started singing this song, Life is Better With You. And when I did, um, I look over and I see Steve whispering into Hope's ear. He says, I want to get up and dance. So in front of 20,000 fans, she lifts his stiff body up out of the wheelchair and they have this beautiful slow dance in front of everyone who is now, you know, screaming and cheering and crying and applauding and and um, and I was doing the same thing. And I look over at my wife and she's doing the same thing. And so after the show, I said to Steve, what did that feel like to you up there um, on the stage? And, and he said, you know, yesterday when I was at the festival, I was wheeling around and people would just look the other direction because, you know, I'm living life and, and it's very differently. You know, I drool, my face doesn't move. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm... You know, I get it. People look the other way. Uh, but after that moment on stage, suddenly I became Steve. And people were coming up to me saying, hey, Steve, we are so happy to have you here, man. Come dance with us, Steve. Come have a beer with us, Steve. Come chill out with us, Steve. And he felt this sense of normalcy that he hadn't felt in so long, in years. And... I said to Sarah, my wife, I said, let's do this for as many families as we possibly can. So we started a nonprofit called Do It For The Love, and we bring people with advanced stages of life-threatening illness and children and adults with special needs and wounded veterans to see any live concert by any artist in any city in the world. So people just write to us and say, my sister has stage four breast cancer. She wants to go see Garth Brooks. You know, my son is autistic, and he wants to see Beyonce and Jay-Z or whoever, and we get them out to shows. And we do it because we believe right. in the healing power of music to change people's lives or for families to at least just get a break from when, when, you, when someone is sick in your family, it becomes a full-time 
um, profession for everybody in the house. And the way that Steve really changed me was that he showed me the importance of people being seen. Like to be able to say to somebody, I hear your story. I get where you're coming from. I understand you. I can relate to that. It makes people feel, first of all, the sense that they're not alone in the world. And right now when we're on, um, you know, uh, isolation and physical distancing, it doesn't mean that we have to be emotionally distant from each other or socially distant, as they call it. We have these means electronically in which we were able to keep in touch with each other. And it is so important for us to just be able to look people in the eye, hear their voice, send them a quick note and go, yo, I get it. I'm here with you and we're all in this together. And I think that, um, you know, politically as a nation, as a, as a planet right now, we need to hear that from each other. Um, and I really feel that that act of is, it's, it's an act of love. And when we take the time to do that for other people, that's ultimately how we can, um, you know, prevent kids from grabbing a rifle and walking into their school and because they don't yeah. feel seen because they don't feel heard. They don't feel loved. They don't feel like a sense of belonging. You know, it's the same way that we're, that we're going to be able to um, stop the, or, or, or get, get things moving through Congress, get laws that, that are really politically divided, get people to come to the middle and say, hey, is there a way that we can both get a little something out of this? Maybe we're not going to get 100% of what we want, but maybe we can turn, you know, the corner on some of these things that, that, are, that are super needed right now. So I really feel like that. Um, ability to hear each other, to empathize with the other, and to share our own stories um, and share our own truths with, and so, which sometimes requires a lot of courage, is something that's really important and it's something that Steve really taught me. That's great. Speaking of the healing power of music, would you be up for dropping a little Michael Fronte healing on the podcast today? Which, uh, you know, I think the last person to... Uh, to uh, do any music on the podcast, we had some freestyle rapping from Diane Fine. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now you gave me something to search today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, right, you'll be searching a long time. <laughs> All right. Let me, I'm just going to tune up here. Our producer, King Kaufman, is a musician, so he'll love nice. this. <laughs> This is a song uh, that's about how every day I wake up and I read the news and I feel uh, a lot of emotion. I feel frustrated some days. Some days I'm pissed off. Um, most of the days I'm like, 
what the fuck? <laughs> like I, I, I can't believe what's coming down my my news my news like the other the other day when when um, Trump said he uh, wanted us to experiment with injecting um, Lysol and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lysol and things. Disinfected, in yeah. Body, you know, I was disinfectant. Is this really happening, you know? Um, and I, I get frustrated, you know, and then I get out and I meet people like Steve Zemmer. I meet my, just my neighbor across the street in San Francisco tank and he's out walking his two pit bulls and, you know, and I'm reminded they're, they're good people in good places doing, you know, good things um, every day. And, uh, that's what this tune is about. Every day I wake up and turn my phone on. I read the news of the day just as it's coming down. I do my best not to let it get me down. I try to keep my head up, but this is Babylon. This world's in crisis, we try to fight it, this changing climate. With scientists and with politicians divided by it. So many ways we can solve it, but they will never sign it. This mountain's tumbling down, but still we try to climb it. It's in the Torah, Quran, and in the Bible. Love is the message, but somehow we turn to rivals. It's come to people always picking up their rifles. Another school getting shot upon the side. Some people trying to look fly, some people trying to get high, some people losing their mind, some people trying to get by. When you look in my eyes, you see the sign of the times. We are looking for the same thing. What if this song was number one? Would it mean that love had won? Would it mean that the world was saved? And no guns are being drawn today. What if everybody had a job? And nobody had to break a law. What if everyone could say, yeah, yeah, that it's good to be alive today? Oh, 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 oh. This is good to be alive today. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. It's good to be alive today. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. It's good to be alive today. Yeah. What nobody said, you sit the safer when they hear a siren. Like help is on its way, but now they only think of violence. Nothing you in the streets of police are seeing conflict. And now we hear the guns click. Yo, Corona crisis and ISIS is taking heads off. A drone is bombing the village, and now the kids are signing up to be soldiers. But they are willing now to do the killing now. But are you willing now? Some politicians out there making up some problems, telling the people that they, that they can solve them. Shows and sound bites and quotes, but everybody knows that it's all about the cash flows. They're telling you and me we're making progress. We tell it to the millions who are jobless. It's like a player's club with billions of dollars. To get the vote, you got to make it rain in Congress. Some people trying to look fly, some people trying to get high, some people losing their minds, some people trying to get by. And when you look in my eyes, you see the sign of the times. We are looking for the same thing, yeah. But what if this song was no one? Would it mean that love had won? Would it mean that the world was saved? And no schools were being shot today. What if everybody had a job and nobody had to break a law? What if everyone could say, yeah, yeah. That it's good to be alive today, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. 
Thank you, Michael. That was that was the first time I've ever danced on my own podcast. Uh, <laughs> That's what people yeah, usually come to your show for, Joe. <laughs> you didn't know that. <laughs> Thank you so much for a lifetime of music. Thank you for dragging me out the whole last October, and thank you for this last uh, few minutes, few minutes of music and and great thoughts and and positivity. You're welcome. Say hello to your wife and your friends who came to the concert last year. And uh, I just want to say a, a final thing, which is that, you know, this year is an incredibly important election year. And if you're not registered to vote, please go out and get registered. Make sure that, that you vote. And no matter what state you're in, we could still be under quarantine. It's, it's very possible that when the election happens that we're going to have a um, challenges getting to the polls, but please make a plan for how you're going to get to the polls um, it, or whether you're going to vote um, from home or whatever it is. And, and let's uh, go out there. And we need everyone's voice this election to be heard. So, so please, please go out and, and make a plan, get registered and vote. Michael, thank you so much for being on It's All Political. Work hard and be nice. It's in stores June 19th, if, if we can go into stores by then, and you can pre-order it now in all those places where you pre-order. Michael, thank you again so much. You're welcome. I'd like to thank Michael so much for being on the podcast today. The album Work Hard and Be Nice is in stores on June 19th and is available for pre-order today. Catch his documentary Stay Human on your favorite streaming service. Many thanks to The King, King Kaufman, for producing today's episode. A quick trivia note here. King, as you may or may not know, is a longtime musician. And years ago, Michael Franti borrowed his bass. And yes, he did return it. So remember, whether you're being nice to people or being an a-hole, it's all political. It's all political as part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is our editor-in-chief. Our music, our theme music that we have is Cattle Call. That's written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Song. If you like this show, subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more great journalism like this, subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. Thanks.